I, I, I can't do that, but I can say, well done. Thank you. It's a season of giving. Uh, we've just participated in, a, in an imitation. We are imitating the God who gives when we give to others. Just now, tonight, uh, tomorrow, when we give, we imitate the God who gives as you leave today, we would like to give you a gift. It's a, it's a book by John Ortberg. It's called All the Places to Go. We'd like to give one to each family here as a gift for you. For, for two reasons, really. John has shamelessly ripped off Dr. Seuss, All the Places You'll Go, and has said, what does your future look like? As we come to the end of the year, what are the doors that are open and closing in front of you? Where will you go? All the places to go. We think, I think, week in and week out, John is the best communicator that I know. Whether he's writing books or preaching sermons, he is he's sort of my gold standard. He is a wonderful author and speaker. You would love the book. The, the second reason for it, though, is that we're giving the book in hopes that you will not only read it, but it will excite you to invite someone to come and hear John in the middle of next month. The 16th and 17th of January, John is going to come for the weekend and speak out of this book about our future as individuals and as a community. What does God have before us? It will be a wonderful time. I asked John if he would just give you a one-minute greeting. Hey, this is John Ortberg, and I'm so glad to say hi to everybody at CPC, and especially my buddy John Crosby. I can't wait to be with you. I think one of the greatest statements in the Bible, in fact, one of the great promises in human history is what God says, See, I have set before you an open door that no one can close. That thought that any day, that this day, that this moment contains a divinely initiated opportunity that you can make your life count for something more than you, that you have unlimited chances to have an impact that will stretch into eternity. God, what a great way to live. Um, one of the questions that just haunts people is, how do I know God's will for my life? When I think about where should I live? What should I do? What job might I take? Should I get married to this person or not? And there actually are wonderful ways in which we can grow in our ability to do life in partnership with God. So I'm looking so much forward to being with you and to thinking about and walking through this stuff together. I hope you have a fabulous Christmas. Get read up, get geared up, and let's go after it together. See you soon. John is uh, John's from California. It, it actually explains a lot. I... Uh, I, I said to him, uh, John, you, you really, you ought to come and uh, visit our community in the middle of January. It is, it's an experience you'll never forget. He didn't understand, so he's coming. <laughs> we hope that you will, we hope that you'll join us. If, uh, it, we're going to give one to each family as, as you leave. If it's, uh, well, it's what, it's 936. If you have some gifts that you haven't bought, you can buy other copies of the book at the information desk, or if there's somebody that you think, I'd like to give this book to them and see if maybe it'll draw them into inviting, you can pick that up.
at the information desk. Let's pray. God, I thank you for laughter. I thank you for the possibility of a bright future. I I pray that just just as we have been waiting, like Rich said, the kids have been waiting for tomorrow and can't wait for it to happen. And many of us adults have been waiting and can't wait for it to be over. But we will be changed if you show up. Even in these next few minutes, we will be changed if this birthday you visit us again and speak to us through your word. Bless us that way, Lord Jesus. Amen. We read the Old Testament passage uh, out of the prophet Isaiah because all month we have been talking about what those who lived hundreds of years before Jesus' coming thought would happen and how in very many ways it echoes exactly what's said after Jesus shows up. Rich read this, I will make you a light for the Gentiles so my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. That's Isaiah 49. It sounds almost exactly like what Jody read. In him was life, and that life was the light of all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We did this with the kids this afternoon, and I, and I I brought out a big light and turned it on and I I said, do you really need a light when it's noon outside and the sun is shining? No, they said. I said, do you really need a light when the spotlight is on you and it glares? No, they said. When do you need a light? And the kids said, when it's dark outside, when it's dark. People who walk around only see a need to have light when they admit that they're in the darkness, when the darkness gathers and deepens and changes what they can see. Five years ago in August, August 10th, 2010, there was a disaster in Chile, not one of the earthquakes for which it's been famous but a disaster in a mine. Some miners are trapped below the surface. They're actually almost a half a mile below the surface, 2,300 feet down. And from this entrance, since you don't dig a mine straight down, you don't think like that, a mine sort of squirrels around and goes like this. They are 2,300 feet down, and they are almost three miles from that entrance. And for 17 days, they have no idea if anyone has alive, if anyone has survived at all. There's a shelter 2,300 feet down, and they have to drill a tiny hole just with a drill bit all the way down, and it takes 17 days to get this two-inch hole down there. And when they attach a string to the end of it, up comes a note that says, we are well in the shelter 33 of us. And for the next 69 days, there's a race. A race to see 
whether these 33 men can be rescued out of the dark, out of their hopelessness. They experienced graphically what I believe almost all of us experience when we feel like we have fallen into the darkness. When you go from the light and all of a sudden you're in the dark, the first thing that you notice is that you feel lost. You don't know which way to go. The signals are confusing. Even, even if you're in your room, you're not sure which way to go. The, the second thing after the idea of, of being lost is that in the darkness, you can't tell if anybody is with you and you don't feel like anybody's with you. You feel alone. Sometimes you feel abandoned in the dark and it seems to last forever. The miners were trapped in the darkness, but so are many of us. And one of the things that happens is that we are not only lost and we're not only feeling like we're alone in the dark, we become afraid. We, we don't show people that we're afraid often, but there is a gut-twisting sense inside of us that as bad as it is now, it is about to get worse. They experienced what we all feel. Now, this is the fifth anniversary of that incident, and so they have made a film, wonderful film, called The 33, a great movie of the rescue that took these 69 days, and it's called The 33 because there were 33 miners trapped below, but the reality is that while there were 33 men trapped below the surface, 34 men were raised out of the earth. 34 men came back to the surface because one man, Manuel Gonzalez, volunteered to go down in a capsule that is so narrow that when you see it, you cannot believe that you could fit inside of it, much less go down 2,300 feet and almost three miles across to reach those who could be rescued no other way. Many of the miners spoke of this 34th miner, saying Manuel came and he was the picture of salvation but we felt like the 34th minor was with us the whole time. It's a Christmas story. As you see Manuel emerge out of the tunnel, as you see this little capsule come down and the miners come around it, who have lights now because the shaft was completed and flashlights now because the, sha the, the shaft was completed, but we're in darkness for a long time. As they come around him, the first person they have seen in almost 70 days, it's very much like the Christmas story, isn't it? People who were in the darkness, people who were helpless, people who were in the dark that Christmas were rescued. Remember I, I said when we are in the dark, we feel lost. And so the story of Christmas is that Jesus comes to earth so that he can find the lost. 
He says, I come to seek and save the lost. He describes his role as a shepherd. He said, I'm the good shepherd and I have a flock and if even one out of a hundred sheep is missing, I know it, I know who they are and I will go to the ends of the earth to find them. Even some of us who have known Jesus a long time can wander off and feel lost. I wonder, do you feel lost today? You feel like you're even in the shadows of the dark? In the same way, we feel alone. And I believe that at Christmas, Jesus' rescue mission is that he comes to bring the light so that we see him and believe that we need never be alone again. The story of the New Testament is filled with people who are left to themselves, whether they are lepers or tax collectors or often women whom nobody else will spend time with and they feel so alone and Jesus comes and spends time with them when no one else will and even when he walks away, they know, they know that he is always there. In the darkness, people are lost. Even at Christmas, people feel very alone. And underneath it all, in spite of all the wonderful music and the presence under the tree, there is a sense of being afraid, of feeling helpless or hopeless, what Henri Nouwen calls living in the house of fear. Our house may look nice, but we live in the house of fear and nobody else can tell, but there is a knot in our stomach because we're afraid somehow we're gonna get found out, whatever that means, or the disaster will come or we won't be good enough. And I believe that at Christmas, the rescue mission of Jesus Christ is to come and remind us of the words of John that says, God is love. And perfect love pushes out fear to move from the house of fear into the house of love. Now, I didn't tell the kids the story about the mind. They live in a scary enough world already. But if I were talking to adults, I would talk about living in the darkness and I'd remind them of the words of C.S. Lewis. Lewis said once, I believe in Christ the same way that I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by its light, I see everything else differently. I believe in Christ, and I am no longer lost. I need never be alone. I need not be afraid. For Christ has come for me. The Apostle John loved images like the ones that Jody read. In him was life. Inside of him was life that overflowed and that life was the light of all. You see, the light shines in the dark. It shines into your darkness and the darkness can never overcome it. The true light that gives light to all, was coming into the world. But this, according to John, this was the verdict. Light came into the world, 
but people love darkness instead of light. Now, I don't think that people like to be lost or alone or afraid, but the reality is that when Jesus comes and brings the light, he says, follow me. Not just believe in me, but follow me. And those of us who are Americans, we don't think we're omnipotent, but we think we're pretty competent, and we want not to have to follow anyone else. Light came into the world, but people loved the dark and stayed there instead of the light. Do you need to come out of the dark and follow the light? God said, let light shine out of the darkness and made his light shine in our hearts to show us the light of God's glory in the face of Christ. So the darkness is passing and the true light has begun to shine. Lord Jesus, we speak to you as if you are here because, well, you are. You came and brought light and life. You showed us how to live, you showed us how to die. You showed us that death itself was not the end. And when you came back, you sent your spirit to put a little of the light inside of us. You sent your spirit so that we need never be alone. We need never stay afraid. Things will scare us, but we need not live in the house of fear. And this Christmas, this Christmas filled with the wonder of possibilities. You come again and you bring light and you would rescue us from the dark, bring us out of the shadows and give us the light of life. We ask for that gift in your holy name. Amen.